Leighton, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. First show of the new year, guys. Happy Woo! 2008 and we are merciless. Um, this Aww. week is the last week where she is writing, finishing writing her uh, little book. Her little project there she's working on. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's uh, Sue and I here, and we'll be joined later by a few more leaky peoples to get some more voices in here talking about things. Yeah. But uh, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, I think we have a few new listeners out there mm-hmm. um, who we managed to uh, reel in there with our awesome, <laughs> oh, I think it was pretty awesome, J.K. Rowling interview. Who? Who? Who was it? Some some uh, talented author, person, lady, friend. Oh yeah, I've heard of her. Yeah. Okay. But uh, it's good times. It's good times. We don't have her on this week, actually. I think I might just oh. keep reminding everybody. Yeah. Um, one of these weeks we'll have her back. You'll have to just keep on on downloading. Keep maybe. On. I don't know, but um, there has been some cool news and some news that we have to catch up on because we've been uh, having our Joe shows and our clip shows mm-hmm. and things. But some some relevant news and the fact that we got to see the J.K. Rowling. We we got to hear a little bit more from her by form of her documentary, the A Year in a Life documentary, aired in the UK on ITV. It did. You, you could still see it online if you their site was like replaying it. So we were able for those of us in the United States were who are. You know, fanatics were able to see it, and it was just—it was really marvelous. I, I just. I mean, uh, should we do a spoiler warning here for anybody? I mean, if you have not yet watched the yeah. ITV interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, were there any? Yeah, I guess there were spoilers. There, there was a spoiler because in the course of it, it Joe spoke about her her life growing up. We saw some moving photos of her when she was. Oh, they're actually funny because I related to it of her and her sister how they used to dress light and they had the world's worst haircuts. They, although I had some pretty bad haircuts when I was little too. So don't worry, Joe, you're not alone. Yeah. She does talk a little bit about post Deathly Hallows, so there is a, a segment in it that you know if you haven't read the book. But definitely, definitely worth checking out, you guys. I'm sure most of you who are savvy enough to download podcast have been savvy enough to uh, watch the documentary online or in your in your living rooms if you're lucky enough to live in the Uck. So tell me, Suze, it's been about three or four weeks now. We've had some crazy news. Yeah. I don't know how crazy it is. Honestly, I just like to call all the news crazy. But um, yeah. some cool news. I know I know there's some new cast members thrown in there somewhere, but where do, where do we want to start here first? Well, you know, I can we just talk a little bit more about the documentary? I okay. really don't want to talk too much, but it did bring up something that has been on the mind of fans and is related to our news. Um, it has to do with the new um, Harry Potter theme park that is happening at Universal yes. Studios in Orlando, Florida, which is just wonderful. And right before the holidays, Universal sent out an email, and they have a new poll on there where fans could go vote on where they would like to have a snack, whether it be <laughs> the hog. I know. And we're not mentioned, but it, the choices are hog's head, yeah. uh, the three broomsticks, or honey dukes. Well, unfortunately, the poll was not working, but now... No, it is they, working. After, I mean, they don't yes, probably like have they, to include Leaky in there, because of course Leaky is going to be in there, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, if hope, they're trying to decide so. between which of these three places to make a sign for... Yeah, that would be one. We, we would vote for that. Thank yes. you. Please, Universal. Grovel, grovel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you vote for, Sue? 
Uh, I actually voted for the hogshead. Really? Because I know it's not, it's, you know, in the books, it's kind of like the, you know, kind of yeah. run down kind of place. But then it turned out to be a pretty cool place. You know, Aberforth I definitely really would vote for the hogshead. And I'll tell you why. Because why? when I was being put on my thinking cap one day and I think, oh, what would be cool to have in, the, in this park? I thought, what would be cool if you had the hogshead as the entrance to a ride that was very oh, subtle though because we had to go behind the you know above the fireplace or whatever inside the picture frame right. and it's like a da kind of thing the da ride and that is how you'd climb up that to would it. be sweet it had to be in the hogshead that would be neat that'd be like you could be like a walkway like you know have you like on different like exhibits and things you could do like a moving walkway they could have you like go through that yeah. that would be sweet be cool you know? it's a little you really have to know your Deathly Hollows. Might be confusing yeah. to other folks, but uh, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I think anyone that's going to go there is going to have an uh, kind of a general knowledge of the Harry Potter. Maybe yeah. not, but I think most most people. Will. And they could have like goat air freshener that they could have in there. <laughs> you know, I was going to be good and not mention the goat at all. <laughs> I was not going to say anything about feeding stations yeah, or anything like that. Zoo. Charm blanks. No, no, Just yeah. don't overdo it. We don't need, you know, like 12 goats <laughs> that all the little kids will go in there. Aberforth Petting Zoo. I'm yeah, not this is an animal kingdom okay. for gosh sakes. Okay. But, okay, so on the documentary, one of the great things is they show Joe as she went through her life as she got ready for the release yeah. and she got to meet with the fine folks from Universal and on the table Hollywood comes to Joe fans, yes she was she was talking she goes she always felt like she's like the 13 year old and she can't get over why these people are all looking at her but, oh. um, obviously I know it's like Joe God, it's Joe <laughs> I know, but uh, they were going over the plans and discussing the new things in the park. And if you look closely, mm-hmm. which I did <laughs> yeah. obsessively, you could see the uh, uh, blueprint of Ollivanders mm. is going to be there. Um, and we hadn't heard that before. So I was like, whoa, there we go. Very cool. Ollivanders. You know, I'm very curious because if it's just a wand shop, that would be cool. But it could be like a whole wand experience. And they could just, you know hire a bunch of old guys to play Ollivander at whatever part of the day and let you yeah. try out your wands and things and they could have like little areas like set up you know to like once a kid swings a wand in that direction like some dude hits a button and like the flower pot falls off the shelf or whatever that'd be awesome I'm like who wouldn't buy the wand at that point that'd be like a brilliant way to oh. sell wands at this place actually oh, sure show it, it do magic in this store I mean, it would be, and I would, I'd totally jump on that. Are you kidding me? That would be fabulous, you know, just to say, I bought my wand at Ollivanders, you know? The potential for this really is endless. Absolutely. I mean, I just think it is amazing. And you can hear that guys in the background, like, I, I didn't mean to be rude to Mr. Runcy because he did a fabulous job on the doc- narration, but... um in the background, the guy was saying to her, and I was trying to listen to what he was saying about, like, if you stand in a certain spot, you could someone can only hear what they're saying. And it sounded like he was saying maybe Peeves or one of the ghosts or somebody would come along. So if you're going through this, like, a, a exhibit or something, or going through the castle yeah. in Hogwarts, how cool would they that be? They call that hypersonic uh, sound, and that's what they actually mentioned oh. in the thing. I mean, could you imagine? And then you would never want to leave. You'd want to be keep running back and going to that same spot because I want to hear it over and over again, you know? That'd be the problem. But that would be amazing. Um, this is a fr- from an article in, in USA Today. It says, essentially, hypersonic sound for the first time does for sound what laser did for light. It intensely focuses and channels it so it can travel great distances without dispersing. Mm-hmm. So, es- essentially, it's like a sound gun 
It's okay. kind of similar to like like a like a microphone, like that they it looks kind of like like a gun that focuses in on a particular area, but it's mm-hmm. like you're you're hearing it. So like if Sue's you know across the room from me, you know you could essentially aim this this speaker type device in Sue's direction, and only Sue can hear this music, and the people three feet away from Sue can't hear anything. That's extraordinary. I mean, that seems like magic. I mean, that kind of you know? stuff is I mean, made for really theme cool. parks. That's a brilliant use usage of this kind of technology and if you wow. and if it's like you know having you know the knights of hogwarts able yes. to talk to you <laughs> if you're right in front of them but somebody who's right next to you can't hear any of it I, that would be fabulous like because you could have like peeves swooping through and like saying all sorts of hysterical things you know and, and people be like looking around what what did you just yeah. say you know or Oh, I'd love it. Or like, you know, for me, I'd like to see the Hufflepuff that fire come flipping <laughs> down. But, you know, it'd be awesome. Yeah. It'd be so much fun, though. You could have a blast with that. I just do crazy that's, things. That's and, so... and it's great that we're going to see it in a theme park, probably, because eventually, know. you know, it'll be everywhere. You'll, have, you'll be walking by advertisements. And when you're in front of an ad, you'll hear that thing, you know, yeah. reading, you know, it'll read it. So jingles to you but that was just brilliant i mean you know so that that is happening you know and and it is set for a late 2009 to early 2010 i don't think they've specified yet a few weeks ago as we saw the construction has begun so this is very exciting it has it has begun for sure there was no big groundbreaking ribbon not ribbon cutting but like groundbreaking ceremony or anything bunch of old guys with shovels (laughs) maybe joe will show up in like you know like her hard hat Joe had. I don't think Joel. Should, I mean, I don't think she'd fly out for the groundbreaking, but she'll certainly be there for the opening. But I thought I thought they'd do something. I thought they big would for too. But I mean, clearly they've done. They've started stuff. We saw photos, so I don't. You know, I don't know if that's like official. I know, man. The photos were building the construction yeah. walls for sure. Well, but no, we saw I've the bulldozers seen. like, uh, and they they were definitely plowing. You know, make, preparing the ground. Yeah. So. Are they? Well, That's but it'll happen. It'll happen soon. I'm sure that they'll make a big. I'm sure there'll be a formal press release, and but we can expect that this year. And I think that's very exciting for fans. So. Yeah, totally. And speaking of fans being excited, um, we are now in the month of January, and filming has begun again, and it still continues on Haplet Prince. But now the students are back, as they said, they're coming back. Yes, and all those Sweet. new cast members we saw, new kids and- on the block. I know. Sorry, Eve. Your your old your old uh, old news now. I guess. Yeah. She well, is- you know. Bonna Lynch is no longer the new girl. Oh, but you know what? She'd be an old pro, though. She can help the other ones around. Well, what did uh, David Yates call her recently? Like the walking encyclopedia? Yeah, yeah, he did. She's great, though, Ivana. She knows knows her stuff. Her and Matt Lewis, they both are just... (laughs) Well, so you know. so, who are all our new kids now? We have to we have the dish about. Um, let me find the the list of names. We have we have little guy Voldemort, Tom Riddle. Yeah, who is a nephew of, nephew of, of actor Ray Fiennes. His name's Tiffin, I think, right? Of his uncle Ralph. Yeah. Do you come, do you think that they have parties and they're like, "Hey, how are we going to play Voldemort?" You know, they dress like a little big mini, big Voldemort and little mini Voldemort. <laughs> I should I call know. him Mini Me. Hey, mini Me. <laughs> It's so funny, but I, I just want to say because Emma Watson updated her website with news about filming. She talked about them filming scenes for Haplet Prince, and they had just filmed the scene when Ron snogs Lavender Brown. Oh, gosh. Now, was, I hope that doesn't mean it's just going to be one time. Well, I don't know. She said it was really funny, and she's really positive about the actress who was playing yeah. Lavender. I and guess. I'm sure Rupert's not complaining much. No, with one one so the one one scenes are in i just you know yeah, i think it'd be hilarious if it was just more than one kiss scene like we had our big one dramatic kiss scene with harry last time 
yeah. under the little Grindelow mistletoe. I want Grindelows, whatever the hell it was. Not you Grindelows. know, and it was so long that I still go back to this. <laughs> what was that stuff? Nargles. Not Nargles. Grindelows. Yeah. Grindelows. The Those are the little things, right? The little yeah. creatures that go. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I wouldn't want to kiss anybody underneath the Grindelow. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I want every time, you know, we're, we're in a scene that, Ron, that Ron's there, he needs to be making out with Lavender. Everything, even if it's totally ridiculous, like in a classroom. Well, I mean, they can not have a complete snoggage city, but they can have her like <laughs> clinging on him, you know? And, like, I know, be, I'm, like, I'm exaggerating slightly, but they, no, she should you? be the most ridiculously <laughs> clingy, annoying girlfriend possible. Yeah. And Hermione will nuts. It'll be hilarious. Oh, I, I just think it's really, uh, really, really funny. But so that's really cool that Emma Watson is talking about this. And the actress name is Jessica, Jesse Cave. I keep saying Jessica, like Joe's daughter does. It's Jesse Cave. Jesse Cave? Cave, C-A-V-E. He's Cave. playing Lavender Brown. Yeah. Nice. And she's like yeah. 23 or something? No, I don't. No, I, don't she's, think she's, I think she's, she's 20, right? Yeah. She's not that old. <laughs> but she is an older woman. Ooh. Scarlet. Scandal. Even. Scarlet. <laughs> Scandal. Okay. I do want to talk about, so, okay, that filming is going back, and uh, Mr. Rickman, Alan Rick, he's in a new movie called Sweeney Todd. And oh, my he, God. I saw that over Christmas. You did, I did, too. It was, it was, I thought it was good, you know? I thought it was crazy cool. And to see, to see Snape and Wormtail. Yes. And Timothy Bellatrix mm-hmm. and, doing uh, other things, and yeah. they uh, would never be appreciated being called their character names yeah. in another movie, but... They were, but he was wonderful, and and in one of the uh, press conferences, he said that he's going to be getting here. He should be filming actually by the time this comes out as Snape doing his scenes again. Really? So. you know, it's cool because Half Blood Prince is the movie where or the book where Snape bosses around Wormtail early on, and yeah. Sweeney Todd Snape is like uh, Snape Alan Rickman is like is a a judge, uh-huh. and he's. His little manservant is is uh, Timothy. Uh, what's it? Sprawl, Spall. Tim thinks Spall. Mm-hmm. Spall. Yeah. Uh, good old Tim is the basically his uh, helper dude. Yeah. And it's funny yeah. to watch him boss around. You know, but that movie is really pretty good. I mean, it's it's obviously it's not for children. It's quite gory and um, yeah. Uh, but it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful adaptation of the musical. If you've seen the musical and just see it, I thought you know Johnny Depp did a good job. And is there a role for Johnny Depp in Deathly Hallows? Oh God, please somewhere. <laughs> you know, I think he's mentioned on the Dreamcast list for Sirius Black. You know, I mean, I think, oh God, <laughs> you know, I think if they ever do the, the American remake, that they would cast him. I don't know, maybe not, but. Mm-hmm. Well, he would be, yeah. What is it? He's not English, is he? What's his no, nationality? No, he's from Johnny Kentucky. Depp? He's not. Kentucky? He's, I, believe, I believe he is from Kentucky. I don't, he's oh. certainly not British. I know he's American, but I could have sworn he's from Kentucky, but yeah. Maybe someone correct me. I don't know where he's from, but I believe it was. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, but he, Alan Rickman is superb. I just think he's, you know, and I can't wait to see his scene. So I'm so looking forward to the, you know, that, that last part of the movie is so pivotal that whole last you know the part when somebody spells somebody off a giant something yeah yeah well i mean we got we got about this time last year we uh, newsweek had uh profiled you know um stuart craig was building the astronomy tower so we know that that was all going to be taking place so no that's going to be huge and that's i mean it's funny because it's like this about this time from for phoenix mm-hmm. we started to hear the words like now don't spoil what happens don't yeah. say who dies like <laughs> <I know>. um <laughs> sorry people have read the book 
That's no, after listening well. to the podcast, more than likely they've right. read the book. Yeah. But um, yeah. I don't know if we should start spoiler spo- spoiler warning talking about um, S um, yeah. zapping D yeah, off the NT <laughs> under the HG. I love your ending up so in the WT <laughs> turning into a giant P. If anyone can figure that out, please send the email. Of course, too. they can figure that out. Yeah. That's easy. I know it is. Um, but yeah, that's very exciting. So that's back. But you know what? One thing I have to say, this is goofball of me, but why in the movies did they decide to have Alan Rickman whack Ron Weasley on? I love it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, but it's so funny. It is. It's like they're just giggling at the whole, you know, Snape getting interrogated. And uh-huh. Snape's all like, you jerk, and he whacks him across the head. I know, but because he did it in, in you know, uh, yeah. You know, with, and you could just see him start to crack up. You could just see Rupert Grint just start to lose it even before it happens. You yeah, know, if you watch it like in the DVDs, split screen, boom. Who knows then, what take that was? Oh yeah, you can imagine. You imagine just how much fun they must have on the set. So that. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm sure that will be in death. I'm sure they will continue their streak. You know, be sure. There. Yeah. Um, well, okay. As movie is ongoing, we still do not have a confirmed director for Deathly Hallows, mm. and and we've heard again from Guillermo del Toro. He did a new interview yeah. with um, MTV, and uh-huh. he said he is definitely interested in taking on the directoring directorship of Deathly Hallows movie. That is very, very interesting. I actually just watched Pan's Labyrinth last night. Oh, what would you think of it? For the first time. That's very All good. the way through. Yeah? Um, you know, I just watched it, watched it that time, kind of watching it for the movie that it was, and not, like, dissecting it to see how it could... You know, how he would translate Potter. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, strikingly a beautiful film and how it was shot. And I don't know how much of that is credit to the director or the cinematographer. But um, it was very well done. And uh, it's very interesting story, too. So Yeah, it is. I don't know. I think that guy would do a good job. Alfonso would probably do a good job. And yeah. You know, even, you know, Columbus, I don't think would totally pull, you know, everything into reverse and shoot the movie like he shot one and two. <laughs> I don't think he's that ridiculous. Uh, so. No, I don't think so. But, but you know, I mean, and, and uh, Mr. Columbus takes up and we've and I've certainly been a critic of him, too. But the actors are a lot older, so he will be able to be much more freer to work. With exactly. Them, you know? So um, and exactly. it's certainly the cast has matured in their acting skills. So I think yeah. that could be. You know, but I, I just worry. I, I, I that book is so there's so much subtext going on. I just wonder what scenes they will cut for that. You know, um, and it needs that needs that needs to be handled by a very good director. I think was, was I think well, Club, you know the and the screenwriter. Yeah. Well. Do Do we know if uh, Cloves if Cloves is back for seven for sure? Um, I I you know I don't think so, but I I believe he has said that he was. I'm going more to curious do that. about that announcement than I am the director. To be honest, me too. Because I, w- I I am one of the people who would like to see Mr. Goldenberg come back, but I don't yeah. know if that's going to happen. Ah, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but we'll see. We'll, we'll wait with uh, right. rapt attention. Right, and so um, one and just a minor note that um, Cinecite, the the wonderful production house company that does so much of the special effects, says they are going to begin their production on the special effects in May, which means so interesting. So they're they're going to be wrapping up, I think, in the next few months. So hopefully we'll. Get to see more yeah. of the first trailers soon, and I mean they stills. work on 
they'll they'd have been working on a lot of uh, a lot of the post stuff even during production, right? For right. a lot of those big effect shots, certainly. And I mean, they I think they they tried to schedule shoots for those mm-hmm. kind of uh, scenes early on, so they have yeah. they have it to work with. Yeah, but uh, do we, do we have a full list of uh, of which t- studios are involved? This, uh, this no, because some of them haven't committed. Although, like um, Rising Sun says they're back, and I'm pretty sure that I am I L M get it out um, is back. <laughs> and but I don't have a complete list. But we can. I'm sure we'll, I'll, I'll look around. That's a good thing to go ferret out and find out for sure. But yeah, um, I'd I, love I, to talk with some of those people. Uh, oh, yeah. For for six and seven, those are people that we've never interviewed. Really, no. I don't think. No, and we sell some to some extent. Some interviews with them, I guess. Like if you purchase some of the high definition, um, yeah. Warner Brothers, as we know, released those on December eleventh. All the mm-hmm. and they put a lot more content, but um, we still don't have enough. I mean, not to my, you know, I mean, like the Cinesec eyes. So Cines- how do you say my Cinesite? Am I saying that right? Cinefax, the magazine. No, Cinesite, the the company. Is that right? Oh. I yeah, think I've seen they make the yeah. models for Hogwarts, and that's the one I most. I just love those models, so I'd like yeah. to talk to that guy. But um, let's see what else is going on. Oh, speaking of the movies, Dan Radcliffe has taken on a new movie. Um, he's going to be playing um, Dan, uh, a young man named Dan Alden, who is a was a photojournalist who was um, actually murdered in Somalia. And um, I tell you, this guy can't sit still. No, he cannot, Mister Mr. Radcliffe. Mr. Radcliffe. No, he's, he's got to be doing something all the time. I, I go crazy. So. How do you do it, man? I don't. That's that's nuts, and he's got the money where he could just go off in some British Isle and yeah. chill with whatever honey he wants, and yeah. you know he'd be fine. But he's doing more movies. Yeah, he is, and, and then right. plus, and plus, you know, about the time that um, Happy Little Prince is released in theaters in November, he will have already been on Broadway because he's coming back in Equus with Richard Griffiths. Well, now, when is that happening? I believe it's in late September, early October that that's opening. So in the fall. Now, I saw it. I saw it, and I've had. I I enjoyed Dan. I didn't enjoy Richard Griffith's understudy, yeah, whatsoever. So I think I might have <laughs> to give that show another shot. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I definitely want to go see my Broadway. I mean, Dan on Broadway. I just think that's. Didn't they like change the show at all? Bring it over here. Uh, probably not. They're not going to make them all talk in American accents. Oh God! <laughs> Please, <laughs> please stop now. That would be awful. Oh, that would be horrible. Anything else? Or a huge news wrap catching up for the past month? Well, just just one more thing. I just want to say congratulations to Richard Griffiths and Julie Walters, who received honors with the Queen's New Year's honors list when they give them, like, you know, they made them OBV, like OBE, which is like an officer. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get, like, your title. And Julie yeah. Walters was named a commander. So I guess that's really pretty cool. So That's cool. Very good for them. That's pretty neat. You know? So yay, we have more royalty. Let's um let's delve in this a little further and let's bring okay. in our guys. Yay. Our good friends to chat about a few more Beetle the Bard. Ooh. Beetle the Bard. Yep. And the stories thereof. Mm-hmm. Right. And let's just remind everybody about Beetle and Bard because we can play a clip of Joe talking to us about Beetle and the Bard. Well, I can tell you, I let's think. Wizards in the Hopping Pot yes. is kind of a. It's it's the moral really is it's to teach young wizards and witches that they should be using their magic altruistically. Oh, okay. um, then Fountain of Fair Fortune is my favourite one, oh. and that's really about the qualities you need to achieve your heart's desire, and the moral being that magic 
ultimately is not the best weapon. Warlock's hairy heart is really it's quite gothic it's quite dark that one and Voldemort would have done well to know that story before he set out on yeah. his campaign of terror uh, Babbity Rabbity and her cackling stump is the stupidest title ever written by <laughs> man or beast and of course when I wrote it I never I had not at the point when I gave Ron that title I didn't imagine for a second that I was actually going to write the story. Yeah. And I did have a small... There was this kind of margin of time where I could have... Where I, where I knew I was going to write Beetle the Bard and the book wasn't published. We were still editing and I could have gone back and changed the titles. And I, I, I really liked the idea of keeping those titles and then finding out what the stories were. So, But Babbity Rabbity was, was a challenge. Uh, <laughs> but I did get there and it's a story about revenge. One witch's sort of cunning way of revenging herself for personal persecution for muggle persecution and then you know the tale of the three mm. brothers yeah well sue with melissa still finishing this book up i think we need to bring in some yeah. friends to talk about some things for the rest of the show who do we cool. who do we have? Could we bring pick in our magic bucket get? here hmm. um Let's how see. about <laughs> our uh good buddy who manages all you crazies and the leaky lounge and his name is nick Are you here nick Yay! There he is. Hi, Nick. I'm definitely here. Yay! And we also have our other friend, who is something of a superhero who fixes Leaky when it breaks do, and other do, do, things. Do. And uh, I think his mm-hmm. name is Alex. If he's here, I'm here. Know. Hi, everybody. Oh, it's Alex. Yay! Hi, Super Hello. Alex. Yay! <laughs> this is the sh- first show of the year, I suppose. We had other things planned that uh, will be bumped yeah. to next week. Which you'll see what they are mm-hmm. next week, but um, in the meantime, we wanted to talk about all the other things that uh, we may have missed from the uh, last few weeks heading up to the to New Year, and uh, all the things that were going on while we were busy busying ourselves with interviewing, you know, Joe and all that. There was a pretty big auction that took place that mm-hmm. uh, took place right uh, the day of we were interviewing Joe, and we talked about it briefly on the show, and Joe did tell us a bit about the books, The Beetle and the Bard. But uh, since then, um, we, we did find out who bought it. Right, Sue? Yes, it was a little little tiny company known as Amazon.com. Good for them. <laughs> and they paid just, you know, a mere almost $4 million for it. But So they have been very kind and put all the stories. Uh, they didn't publish the whole thing, but they put um, synopsis or reviews. They reviewed each of the, the five stories that Joe um, wrote out. And so you can see some photographs and, and like a review, and, and it gives a pretty much an overview of, of each yeah. of the plots. When Joe was on, on, on our, our show, of course, she alluded to, to each of these, but um, you and all the readers are now. Amazon has been very gracious, and they put it up for all fans to enjoy this amazing gift from. Joe. Everybody's here have, cool, has read those, correct? We all read the reviews. Uh, oh yeah, of course. I have. Yeah. Now, did anybody stop you at the always... spoiler warning? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm very confused at that. I think a lot of us were very confused at that. What yeah. do you think that was all about? When they add the spoiler warnings. For the three people maybe that haven't read Deathly Hallows but somehow know all about Beetle the Bard. But, but those those <laughs> yeah. weren't Deathly Hallows spoilers, were they? 
Oh yeah, well, you're right. There's nothing about they, that. Technically, they yeah. were. I mean, but they, you know, they give like spoilers. I don't know if they even call them spoilers. Just more background to the history of the Wizarding World or the magical world. I mean, world. I if mean, they were, just... if they were getting towards the end of hibbity dibbity in the pot or whatever, and they they go, oh, Snape is good, <laughs> then that would right, be a spoiler. Right. <laughs> the Hollows, I guess. Because yeah, who are they spoiling it for? Because. It's like the six people, maybe, that actually got the copies. No, well, right. that's the so thing. If you're one of these six people, yeah, don't read ahead. <laughs> well, <laughs> or else. well, that's what everybody's thinking is that, like, and this is one of the questions of uh, on my ever-growing list of things to hit myself about why I didn't ask Joe the question. I don't know. You guys think you guys think it's it's possible? And I mean, if you were Amazon, would you be annoyed if the book was published? The fact that you spent four million dollars on it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> for three million, I might not be annoyed, but four yeah. million is kind of pushing it. Yeah. You know. Well, there's something there's something that this reminds me of, and um, it's a very old. Um, my knowledge of this is not as good as uh, as some people's, but uh, there used to be these newsletters or something that came out to this like exclusive kind of club kind of thing that you had to pay to get involved with and joe talked about fan clubs on our interview and how she didn't really like that idea too much but there was for a time these little i guess they looked like little daily profit newspapers and they had additional canon in them and there's something Mm -hmm. that i don't even think exists online anywhere because uh they you know, they were only for these people who were involved in this club that they paid to be in, in, uh, m- members to. And, mm-hmm. you know, people have asked since then, can we publish these? Fans would be very curious to read all these fun little extra details. And, you know, because it was written in that, in whatever part of the arrangement was to be a member of this club, that it would be exclusive to them. They still, to this day, have not permitted anyone to publish or even print it online anywhere. Right. They do have um, facts from those in the lexicon, the Harry Potter lexicon. Yeah. They have yeah. just integrated them into their pages. Mm-hmm. But if I remember right, they tried to put them up at one point and were asked not to. Yeah. A long right. time the ago. whole right. the, the whole thing. So, it's. I mean, that's that's kind of what this reminded me of almost instantly. Is like, oh God, if there's something out yeah. there that there's an arrangement that it's only for this person, then we'll never have permission to see this printed otherwise. I mean, what other alternative would Amazon have? I mean, if they can't if they can't traditionally publish it, they can make reviews that are extremely similar to having published it. Basically, yeah. extraordinarily similar. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I believe too that they are planning on taking the book on tour to libraries and schools yeah. around. Around, so yeah, yeah. that'll be a chance to to, to distribute. You know, so people will get access. And to that it would eventually. be cool. And you know, what if what if one little yeah. you know, um, you know, school kid walks up to the book while no one is looking and with a camera and just you know, pictures every page exactly. Or they have <laughs> yeah. like this yeah. kid army that goes to like the library and is responsible for like five pictures each. And by the end of the whole tour, they have the whole book and they put it online. I mean, whose rights are violated at that point? Because we don't even know who has publishing rights. Yeah, it hasn't been released who has the rights, do they? 
No, Joe did not grant them publishing rights when when that was part that was condition of the sale that it was not the publishing rights were not granted. So I don't know she or she retains them. I, so I believe she has them said, and not but, some other you know not like Bloomsbury. Right. Bloomsbury right wasn't involved right. with this, were they? No, I don't believe so. I believe this is just Joe's. Uh, Thing that she donated for yeah. the proceeds to to benefit the Children's Voice Charity. So she's so, got like um, this, you know, yeah. board game card that says, you know, good for one publishing <laughs> yeah. rights for Beetle and Bard sitting on her shelf somewhere next to it. Next That's to a hell of a monopoly card, card if you think about yeah. it, John. <laughs> and um, maybe one day, who knows, if she'll give it to somebody. Uh, maybe you know. I mean, and she, who knows? And we, she never said that she would not publish them. And that's that's been a big discussion in our fandom. But she's never said that. I mean, who knows? That might be included somewhere along the way in the Scottish book, or you know, we don't know. Um, but I do appreciate as a fan knowing though that someone like Amazon. I think Joe even indicated that that you know she was got that the, they put them up online and and. Um, you know, and I think it's it's neat. I mean, I got enough. I would like to read every yeah. single word, of course, that she writes. But I got enough out of the, reading those summaries that you can find at Amazon.com slash Beetlebard that you can read each of these little stories. And I get an idea. And, and you know, I mean, when you're, a, 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 I guess, a hardcore fan, I guess the way to – we want to know everything. And so it would be nice to know mm-hmm. more. But I'm satisfied with what I've read so far, personally. I mean, I, mean, I, I think know. it's cool, and I think it enriches the whole Harry Potter universe yeah. by knowing that there are children's fairy tales that the kids sure. grew up with that yeah. you know were similar to our fairy tales and would, would teach them magical morals and things like that. It's just yeah. It just makes it feel that much more fleshed out, whether or not we know exactly where, where, what the fairy tales were. Yeah. Right. Well, the one that that's the most I don't know how you guys felt if you looked at the, each of those but the one that I think is most interest would be probably the tale of the three brothers, right? Um because it has to do with the the elder one and Yeah. Oops, spoiler alert. Right. Of the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the most important of the plot of the books. Although it's really interesting that they all kind of inform the morality of the whole series and you can tell yeah. and you know, she intended this that that each one is kind of a moral tale and it tells you it tells you how the wizarding world would react in certain situations and what they would have taught their children. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to kind of, it, it's almost like backstory in a way yeah. for the series, yeah. but it's more of like the society instead of a particular character. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really You're interesting. Right. During our, our interview with Joe, she mentioned how when she originally thought of writing these things, she figured, man, maybe there'll be 30 of tales of Beetle the Bard. <laughs> and then she starts, get, yeah. gets her old trusty quill out and starts penning them by hand and five realizes, well, <laughs> let's just cap it here at five. But I wonder if there are still, Pen. you know, I mean, God, just to be in Joe's head for a day. But if there's <laughs> like 25 other stories floating around in there and like maybe, you know, let's see, five, ten years, maybe 15 after... After Albus Severus Potter takes off, you know, we'll get like some, (laughs) you know, you know, if I think, you know, Harry Potter one through seven is to movie one through seven as maybe Beetle and the Bard stories thereof one through 30 Mm -hmm. is to miniseries. No, you know, they really interesting enough. And do they have enough meat to them, though? Could be children cartoons. <laughs> Babbity Rabbity and the Cackling Stomp is a children's cartoon now. I could see it on Nick Jr. maybe or Disney Channel. I don't know. Maybe is there is there a Warner Brothers yeah, little kid channel? 
kids. Uh, WB. They used oh, kids to. Kids WB, yeah, great. Yeah, the little frog jumping around with us. I think it's the CW now. Is it? Whatever that is. Is it Kids CW? <laughs> I don't know, like Dawson's Creek and Bugs Bunny, <laughs> the Babbity Rabbities, <laughs> Babbity Rabbit on the Creek. <laughs> I don't know, Dawson. Hysterical. I'm not ready. Come on, Babbity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you know what's so great about these things? And we saw we have a bunch in our amazing galleries and plus on on Amazon too. But the the, the Joe drew her artwork is so amazing, yeah. and and each oh, of yeah. these things is so. Awesome. I mean, like Babbity Rabbit, you can see the, like the little beady eyes looking out beneath the stump and, you know, and then the, there's one about the hairy heart that she said, I think that's the one she said, Voldemort not a reader or something. I don't know. Yeah. But that, that heart is gross. It's like a heart, but it does. It has like fur and like little blood dripping. I'm like, oh, but, it's disgusting. Yeah. And it's, it's it so creepy. And it, it, it really it makes is. me excited to think of, you know, what other books Joe could be writing next, even away yeah. from the Harry Potter universe. Just she said no she was one. writing a, a little children's story, right? One for younger people than Harry Potter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she and also in, in, the, in the ITV documentary, she said it was something of a political um, children's story. Or what, Do you guys remember how that was uh, worded a exactly? A political fairy tale is what she said. And he said, is that all you're going to tell us? And she says, well, I think that's quite a yeah. lot. You know, she's joking because it's... You know, Interesting. You know, the, the political fa- for kids. I mean, don't you think that's kind of like interesting? way to phrase it and do you guys have any theories about what that would even be like <laughs> what a, what a political children's book would be well just like what um, she would make it into yeah yeah hmm, it depends how you define political yeah, yeah. well that's not to mean politics necessarily no not to mean like running for government could be like a, a you know, because a lot of Joe's themes, I mean, really do have a lot of like, like as Nick, you were talking about, about morals and, you know, and about like social consciousness, social themes. So maybe, maybe that's what she mean. That's what that meant. Yeah. Something uh, there's a lesson contained somehow. Although the great thing I think about Joe's writing is that the lessons are not overt. I, they aren't just like whacked over your head. You can find sure. a lot of subtle, right. you know, writing. Yeah. And, and, I love when you say running for government, John, because it makes me think of like Babbity Rabbity 08. Yes. Oh God! <laughs> totally. You know. See who their running mate is. Popper in the primary. I will call this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. God. That'd be funny. But these are pretty cool, though. I mean, because you know, you just did think that she has that her world so detailed that they even you know just as we read these you know whoever not 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 dr seuss but you know i guess brothers Grimm and all that kind of stuff sure. when we were growing up and and then here she has the wizarding equivalent is just extraordinary to me and some of these are funny i mean i love the names i don't want to spoil this for people who have not read them but there's there's one thing like she has a knight and his name is sir luckless, luckless. i mean it's just hysterical you know but i just thought that was so funny because like she has sir Dagen who cracks me up in this series and i just when i saw that name another hapless knight and it just made me laugh oh yeah you guys think that but like they, that I, I love my analogies today. That um, all of us is to Harry Potter, um, is um, you know all of the characters in the Harry Potter books are to the uh, the Beetle and the Bard stories. That's is, is Beetle and the Bard their Harry, Harry Potter books? The Harry Potter within Harry Potter. Yeah. Do you think they all line up at midnight to like get the newest beat? <laughs> you <bar>? think? <laughs> well, I, I don't know because they weren't as well known. I mean, Hermione would have known about it. 
Yeah. Well, if it was that big a deal. Yeah, she would have figured out once she got to Hogwarts. Yeah. 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 Do you think yeah. it would have like branched out into the Muggle world? These books. Ooh, mm. that can be interesting. Because it's like it's it's literature. It's not a magical device, a book right. at, at this point. And it's not so. Like, Muggles could be reading it and not even realizing that it's written by written it's, for real, right? Because not even not even they know if it's for real. I mean, you got you had all your de- your Deathly Hollows speculation is like, oh, it's just you know, it's from a book. It's not even real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you had you had people in a fantasy book questioning whether or not their fantasy books are real. <laughs> That's really cool. To so me. what you're saying? So you're saying there's wizards out there infiltrating the library systems? Is this what you're saying? I just think I it's mean, very you know? interesting that you have that big similarity there. Yeah. Well, and that, let's give her some credit for that because that's something that you would see in like 19th century surrealist French literature. You know, like that's getting really deep. Yeah. Or maybe we're just overanalyzing, yeah. but that's what we do. That's what we do. But I mean, the the idea of like the characters and the author being all being characters in the thing, or the characters and sure. the readers all being characters within the the play or the book. I mean, that's deep. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I'm just waiting for her to like write herself into one of these things. Like, there's a <laughs> yeah. character, blonde author, who walked about. Mary hey, Sue Riley. Riley. <laughs> Yeah. She would have changed her name. See, that would have made the loop <laughs> yeah. complete. But I don't know. I just thought this was these were really great, and I appreciate that Joe even. I, I still. I wish you know we go back on the interview, and I just think about about a million things I would have else I'd like to have asked her, and I wish I wouldn't know how long it took her just to even draw that stuff or write it out by yeah. hand. I mean, five copies of one hundred and fifty so pages. I, no thanks. I know. And to hand I mean, diamond every last one of them. <sighs> Maybe I not. know. I mean, it's, it's the pretty yeah, bling. John, I mean, <laughs> you have the one with all the bling, right, John? <laughs> you know, it's a bright pride and joy. It's my yeah, very proud. Oh, fabulous! But how uh, my but hand cramps know, after um, writing a one-page letter to somebody. <laughs> I can't write a book. It's insane. So, Beat on the Bard is awesome, and it is. If we do have to say one more thing, of course, about it is is you know she didn't have to write this book. For anybody, she didn't. This wasn't something like I want to go write another book to publish it. This was this was a gift to very important people in her life. And you know, she. It's like who else out there when you're going out to give gifts to somebody to thank you decide? Oh, I'm going to take one extra gift and you know give give it to charity. Yeah, I mean, especially when she was so busy. Like she even she talked so much about how ridiculously busy she was, and she somehow found time to do this to thank the people that it worked for. Yeah, That's in amazing. the middle yeah. of all of the all of the post Deathly Hollows stuff, and guys, it's only post Deathly Hollows for you know the countries that already have the book. Mm-hmm. Now there's still releases waiting to happen, aren't there? In some countries, yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, the Spanish translation actually, you know, I mean, Spanish is one of the largest speaking you know readerships out yeah. there, and they still haven't gotten the book. I don't believe they don't give for another. So month this, or so, you yeah. know, this is not over for them. It may feel like it's no. you know wrapping up for us but yeah. there's a lot of the world that hasn't read this book mm-hmm. right so it's probably pretty hard i can't imagine being over there and not being spoiled no that'd be impossible i mean it's probably pretty easy to translate you know snape is good in <laughs> other languages voldemort dies is- voldemort dies <laughs> Harry may or may not be a horcrux. It depends on how you look at it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I really, I, 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 yeah. 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 
But you really have to give those people a lot of credit, though, because there are some that are being resolute and not having any spoilers. And I don't know how I couldn't do it. I mean, by this point, you know, it's just amazing. No. There it is. But we've heard a lot of news, right, John? Besides this, more postly. Yes. Post cool stuff from yes, Joe. For sure. What are you thinking of exactly? I was thinking of what that really cool little tidbit treat we got in the middle of the I am ITV documentary. Right. Oh, oh yeah, that, awesome. that thing. Yes. The um, watching her fill out the family tree for the Weasleys. Yes. And for Luna. Yes. Just for fun. Yes. Just for fun. She just <laughs> did it poof right there. I thought maybe yeah. she could have filled the dollish in there a little bit, but you know, <laughs> somebody asked about Luna. Strangely first. enough. I mean, he did a great job, James, but, you know, you know, people were wondering about Dollish, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's all right, and I can't fault the guy. You know, but she just sat down as calm as can be and said, oh, okay, here are, there, here's the chart, and, you know, just, she has this all in her incredible, you know, her imagination, it's all ready to go, and boom, she just drew out this tree, and, it, but she answered a lot of fans, I mean, because for, I mean, you know, first of all, everybody wants to know what their children's names are. And now we got, not only do we have their names, but their middle yeah. names. Yeah, you know, let me ask you, you this, know. Sue. Because you are, you know, lucky enough to be the only yeah. female of the bunch today. Uh-oh. Do you I'm feel any kind of, uh, or do, do you feel any anything at all about the fact that it's, it appears that all the names for Harry and Jenny's kids are, including even the middle names, are pretty much influenced by people important in Harry's life? As opposed to any Ginny's family or well, friends having an influence on their names. Well, actually, I think Ginny and Luna were actually pretty good friends. Or not pretty good friends, but I think that they were, you know, I mean, they were part of the DA. And I don't know. I, I suppose, I, I see what you're getting at, but I don't view that as a contentious thing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people could see that. But we really didn't, fr- frankly, learn too much about Ginny's other fr- I mean, when you heard Jenny, we heard mentions of, like, you know, Michael Corner and all the guys that she was sure. dating. But I never heard too many of, like, her her pals yeah. now um her brother percy named his daughter molly after their yeah. mom which i thought was kind of nice you know so there isn't another but yeah i mean I, I can see what you're saying but you know if it's it was, not even what i'm saying sincerely this is things that i've just been reading online lately a lot of a lot of people yeah. very uh you know very keen to talk about jenny lately right and uh right. and that family and they don't have the highest opinions of Jenny's character well, lately. But, uh, yeah, and I understand it, but to me, when when you have someone, you're in a relationship, and then she's married to, to a man that she loves deeply, yeah. Harry, and I think it's, and then they sat, and they probably chose a name just as like most couples mm-hmm. would. Um, and and so it doesn't doesn't strike me as, as that it was being uncourteous to Jenny that they chose to name uh, one of their children after Albus Dumbledore. I don't yeah. see how anyone could say that. Of course, you know? yeah. Or in Severus Snape, because... In, in a, to a large extent, both of those characters had a, a huge impact on all that's of their true. lives. So, I mean, that's true, and that's um, that's what I, that's where I yeah. don't really fall in line with anybody else right. upset about this yeah. whole thing. Cause it's not like Harry has all of his famous like Quidditch stars or people he liked yeah. that he named the kids yeah. after. You know, and Jenny just I mean, sits on her hands. These are people that were important in the war, and the war was probably the right. most important time for all of these people. Sure. And who's to say yeah. that, you know, Jenny didn't throw out there Michael Corner yeah. and yeah, whatever and there was like, mm, I think <laughs> like, I'm gonna no. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no Dean. There's no like Dean the name Thomas Dean, name Harry. thrown in Can there. We, yeah. You know, name this big one over here Dean. Is that cool? <laughs> Well, and, 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 and like yeah. Luna and Jenny were friends because Jenny said how it was so sweet that Harry yeah. took Jenny to the party in their sixth year. 
right. I thought yeah. Jenny knew yeah. Sirius really well and hated Severus just yeah. as much as Harry. <laughs> you That's know, true. So, so it's it's mutual. Yeah, thank you, Nick. That's I just true. I just didn't feel that it was just too. Where did, where who has yeah. that? Who owns that? Is she is that sitting in her house on like a bulletin board? No one knows. I, you know, James, maybe it is. James it, keep it could be. That's a question maybe. for James, I, I guess. I, those are one of the multitude of questions that we have remaining for Joe. <laughs> I don't think it will ever end, do you? It's crazy because it's like, you never know how much you want to ask her until you have the chance and then you have the chance to listen to it afterwards and then actually like, oh, really figure yeah. out, oh, there's so much more because there's always so much exactly. more. If we could have sat down there for 24 hours. Oh, easily, easily. You know, I mean, I'm just grateful to get five minutes. You know, and we're lucky what we totally. got. So I'm just, you know. You but know. Um, what else? But, what yeah. else came out of the of the um, canon wise from the ITV oh. uh, doc and the uh, podcast interview that you, Nick and Alex, are uh, are curious to talk more about? Well, we got a de- well. I hate to go back on the tree, but we got the date right May second for the end of the the Hogwarts. So the, uh, she gave a little timeline mm-hmm. right for. For the Battle of Hogwarts was on May second, which is why they named Victoria. Is that right? Yeah. She pronounces Victoire. it in weird, like with a French, like Victoire or something. Victoire. Right. I, mean, I did not I read it that way. Which like, oh, right. victory, cool, because you know it's the American okay. boy in me. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce anything else. Well, I don't think we really got too much more canon in terms of canon. I don't know. But maybe you guys. I thought we got a lot of more like sentimental, like the the actual Joe Rowling, not like the the canon, but more like what she was like as a person. Right. Like we we already knew a lot of the canon information from other interviews or her website or whatever. And like in the in the ITV interview, we got just Joe Rowling in the flesh. Yeah, which is important. It's very important because it makes people understand that because a lot of people jump to conclusions you know that oh she's rich well therefore she must be this this and this and it's she didn't seem at all like that like i love that she was just making cakes for her son's birthday party yeah yeah or and she'd have a maid making it for her she was doing it herself and like her house yeah, wasn't exactly. that big really you know and her husband seemed really genuine and how she just like told him like just be honest you know, yeah. say what you're going to yeah. say about me. You know, if you got something you don't like or whatever, it didn't feel <laughs> glammed yeah. up or anything at all, which is awesome because it's so hard to get that yeah. with a big star like that. Yeah, exactly. And he was very frank. You know, I mean, what he said that you know Joe puts up these defenses, and I, it just seemed to me that that that's a, a solid relationship they have there, and it was really neat for him to. to I mean, he was being honest, and they didn't cut that out, they didn't censor that out, and he was willing to be that open. You know, because. I can't imagine what it was like for her in the terms of pressure. It just must have been, must have been extraordinary. I kept thinking about that whole time. You know, what, what was that like? And, you know, I mean, you got a little loser because it had to have been so hard for her. Well, and she talked about know? that. She talked about how she yeah. felt almost as though people would accuse her of being a fraud or would say that the ending just didn't live up to their expectations because they had such huge expectations. You know, and how much that worried her, how much it, you know, just kind of made her feel a little bit insecure and that's very human of her because everybody feels that way once in a while. So that's again, just kind of reassuring that, yeah, she's a real human being. And we're lucky enough that all four of us found that out firsthand, (laughs) which is seriously cool. Well, what was it like for you guys though? To, I mean, after, uh, for me, it was weird, but when seeing her on the screen and then just remembering that person that we met in New York, uh, she's just, uh, it was amazing to see how like similar it was. Like when we met her, she was so candid and like, 
open to just just the talk, not like interview or anything like that, or be formal. Just just the talk. It was to see that on the documentary again was was amazing. To say to yourself like, oh, I got to see that side of her in person too, was unbelievable. It's great to know that you know now you can you don't have to tell everybody what she's like. You can just be well, just watch this. It's really a great demonstration of what she's like in person. Yeah. You know, now we can show this to the world. Well, guys, well, thanks a lot for coming on and joining us. I mean, it's nice. We don't get to hear you guys enough. I mean, they hear a lot with you a lot, but you're all welcome to come on anytime, that's for sure. Yay. So thanks, Alex. No problem. It was fun. Yay, great. And thanks, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> on with the show. Can you imagine? This is our first podcast of the new year, bud. Oh, my gosh. You know, we've spent how many years now, Sue? This started in 2005? Yeah, this is our, going into our third year. Is it really the God darn? Yeah, because well, our third year, our third anniversary will be in August. Imagine that. Wow, that's pretty sweet, pretty cool. But uh, you know, to probably a few of you guys, this is this may be your first few podcasts, mm-hmm. so we can't start slouching now, no, I guess. No, no. And we're not. Hope to bring you a lot more exciting shows coming up in, in the new year. Here, this was just a chat show, and usually we'll have segments to the show breaking down things on Deathly Hallows or the movies mm-hmm. or interviews with people from the books and films like the woman who wrote them. Yeah. I can't just stop talking about that. That's so cool. It is mind-boggling. It really is. It's just, it's an amazing. But, uh, what else is going on, Sue? We have a few last-minute announcements. Yeah, we do. I just want to say quickly, um, if for those that have not been to their site before and you're trying to catch up on your news we did do some three year review so you can catch up on all the news that was as we look forward to 2008 and on our staff our hardworking staff we want to make sure we thank them all properly from the reading groups to the lounge moderators to the elves transcript elves to the keywords to the graphics to the galleries to the fan artists to everybody I mean we just had an amazing year and um, thank you for, for, for that I mean we just and our editors on this Steed and his crew. Woohoo! Rock. Yes. And we got more work for you ahead, don't we, Steed? <laughs> oh, done. boy. We have some cool things coming up. We're right? going to get Steed on hosting one of these mm-hmm. days. Our little guest host element of Pottercast has not been forgotten. But, um, what else? Speaking of new things to the show. Yes. I keep spouting about all this, and you guys think I'm probably just teasing you, but oh. it's going to happen. The Pottercast acting troupe. Our old style radio shows um, will be. Uh, the podcast acting troupe will be starting its call for auditions, and we will will be putting up scripts for the characters that we have. Not scripts, uh, audition scripts. Ooh. And you can practice, and you can record yourselves, and you will be recording yourself reading the script that we give you. Actually, not reading. Sorry, performing oh. your character's part <laughs> and sending them in. And we will have a American Idol ish. Can we even say that? that if we're going to totally rip them off, should we tell them that it's what we're ripping off? Well, I mean, okay, it's like a... Ta- like a judging show where you're doing show, a performing right? and yeah. the three of us will judge you. Yeah. And um, then we'll have a poll on podcast.com and everybody can help contribute to who they think did that part the best. Mm-hmm. And you will be cast and it will be fun to have a few weeks of audition shows. And then meanwhile, our script is being compiled by the brilliant minds over at the Sugar Quill. Yay. Namely, Meg, Yay. I believe. Hooray for Meg. Is this correct? But yes, the script is being put together as we speak. 
and it will be continued to be put together on the course of this <clears throat> and it will be a heck of a lot of fun and probably take up maybe 15 minutes or so of every other every third show maybe every fourth show but it'll be fun it'll be something new and just something to keep it all fresh and exciting <clears throat> and the we haven't also forgotten about one other fun thing Ooh, what's that uh, many of you again <laughs> We keep yes. getting emails about the uh, Hogwarts Smuggle Liaison Office. Oh, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> and just for fun, I think we may make a few more calls okay. to our friends at the Liaison Office and maybe try to have a few of them on the show and um, do some other crazy things that I will not spoil. <laughs> You're funny. Too much fun. Too much Too fun. much stupidity. But you know what? But anyway. The stupidity is what makes it fun. You know, just the goofy. Because you know what? There's an awful lot of humor in the books. And if you can't have humor with it, then yeah. fun, you know. Well, darn right. Darn right. Well, um, is there anything else we would like to say before I go make dinner? No. Um, I know that Melvin will be back. We've all missed Yay, him. Melvin. So people I know have been lamenting that she was here, but she was gone. But she's almost done. So she'll be back. So. Yes. And, uh, and um, and then I think that's it. Else? I'm just going to go shovel snow because it's always snowing in Michigan. Boo. But. It is snowing in Ohio, too. All right. Well, anyway. well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. And um, Happy New Year. It's Happy New Year to everybody. Thanks for listening to the very best podcast of 2008 that's not a clip show yeah. so far so this far. year. <laughs> well, until next time, can we bring Joe back in here for a second? Cool. All right. Keep twirling those dials. The next password will be Scorpius. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good, Good night. night. We've missed it. W3. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> This week's podcast was produced by the Pottercast Trio and Steve Bonnet. Thanks, as always, to our awesome transcription elves for transcribing this and all our other episodes on Pottercast.com. For more information about the show and how to contact us and be a part of future episodes, visit Pottercast.com. Pop on now and then and come say hi. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime, babe. You're welcome. Anytime. I could do a cameo every week for the rest of my life. <laughs> Even when there's no one listening. That would be, that'd be terrible for radio. I could host it on my own. I could take over the whole thing and just, you know. <laughs> oh, the Joe Show famous. would be great. Do it. Do it. Do a Joe Show. Come on. <laughs> Joe, for no one else in the world, would we say, yeah, sure, take it. It's yours. <laughs> <laughs> Ba 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 